Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zook. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on my amazing and inspiring guest today, I always like to start with a marketing tip to get your week started and a self-care tip to keep your week going. So marketing tip of the week. I think the importance of influencer marketing, I think not enough people really investigate on the value that influencers have. And I think the thing is, is it doesn't even need to be like influencers that have millions and millions of followers. There are some things called micro-influencers that are people that basically have, I think, like 10,000 and under, and they basically are people you can barter with to kind of send them products in exchange to promote their products. They're also more willing to probably communicate with you. Um, I think it's really something worth investigating, especially to smaller businesses that are looking to get more exposure faster. That is my marketing tip of the week, my self-care tip of the week. My guest has a lot to share on self-care today, so I'm really excited to talk about it with you. But I think the importance of really, you know, being more aware of your inner power and standing in it. And I think too much we worry about what other people think about us. And I think it's really important to know your value. And sometimes what we think is judgment is just our inner judge thinking that people are judging us. Um, and we talk about that more today on the podcast. So I'm really excited for you to learn more. So I'm really excited to bring back the amazing Nina Manelson. She is one inspiring body peace coach. Everybody needs her in her life. She's so amazing. I can't wait for you to learn more about her if you don't. And today we're talking all about summer bodies. What better time to talk about that, right? Can't wait for you to hear more. Stay tuned for the amazing Nina Manelson. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. to be coming next on scene, everybody. I am so excited to be back here with the amazing body piece coach, Nina Manelson. She is absolutely somebody every, everyone needs in their life. <laughs> Hi, Nina. How are you today? I am great, Jackie. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to be back on the podcast and talk about a really popular topic and one everybody has a little bit of sensitivity around whether we want to admit it or not, summer bodies. So Nina, let's talk about, first of all, being in this world of body image. You know, How did you even come about becoming a body piece coach for our listeners who do not know who you are? Yeah. So I became a body piece coach because I was basically a body war coach before with myself right? All I did was war with my body. What's the next diet that I'm going to do? Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. I cannot believe I just ate that. Should we try this new diet? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I failed at that diet. I don't believe I I can't. Maybe we should start a new gym. Yes. Like I was nonstop comparing myself to everybody in the room, everybody on the beach, myself in the mirror. It was just plaguing me because basically my body was never good enough. So it was a constant, what I call body management, constantly, how can I change the very skin that I'm living in, right? When you think about it that way, it's so absurd, right? Here's this incredible vessel we get to move through life in. And like I would say 80% of my energy was going like, Oh, I'm not going to eat that. I'm not. Oh my God. I ate that. (laughs) And then like punishing yourself for it. Right. Like, right. Right. And such a, 
frankly, a waste of energy. We have so many more important things to do in the world that obsess about our body and our food and our weight. For sure. I love the term body piece. Like I never knew about it until I met you. So like, where did that term, I mean, it's, it speaks for itself, but like, how did that come about? Yeah. So part of it was because there was a huge wave of body love there was, and I'm so grateful for the body positivity movement. I think it's awesome, but literally, and no joke, I sat in front of my mirror for 10 years saying, I love my body. And all my mirror said back to me was, that's not true. (laughs) That's just not true. And it felt to me like body love was too aspirational. It was too hard. And, And then I thought about my relationship, my primary relationship with my partner, with my husband. Every day, you know, we go up and down. We have a great relationship. We've been married for decades. I just, you know, love him deeply. But not every day is lovey-dovey, romantic. We are just super positive every single second. But we have a relationship that's based in deep trust, in deep respect, in deep peace with one another. And I was like, that's the kind of relationship I want with my body right? This body love, like it sounds great. And yes, I do believe we should, would, would, could, would be great to love our body fully. And I do think there are moments of that. But then there are moments when, I don't know, my knee hurts and I'm not so in love with my body, but I can be in a relationship of peace with my body, a relationship of respect, a relationship of kindness. Because when we're in that relationship, then I'm like, oh, what does my knee need? Oh, maybe it needs some ice. Maybe I need to rest. Maybe that like back and forth movement that I'm doing at the gym, that's not my kind of movement, mm-hmm. right? When we're in body peace, we're in a place of listening and responding, right? We're not in a place of, I hate this, this is terrible. My knees are the worst, right? And nor are we like, you know, nothing's wrong. Everything's good, all positive, all, you know, rainbows and unicorns here. No, we're in the reality of everyday true relationship. And that's what interests me. For sure. And then of course, that absolutely ties into summer and reflection of being (laughs) one of people and people have been cooped up so long now. And like, I feel like you keep hearing like the roaring twenties are like coming back this year. Like everybody's going all out, right? Like what is your thought process on like the perception of a summer body, we'll call it, right? Like people have all like things of statistically what they have to be. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. The have to be. Mm -hmm. So what you're pointing to Jackie, there is such a good um, issue, which is the expectation, right? I have to be this in order to put on a bathing suit, Mm -hmm. in order to put it on a, let's say quote bikini, right? That bikini body ideal then, okay, then what I need to be, what I have to be, what I should be, my expectation of myself is. So when we start working with expectations, it gets really juicy because the first thing is like, says who, Mm -hmm. right? Where did this expectation come from? Who said so? Then we go, oh, I know who said so. Every magazine, every movie, every every bit of media, every Instagram post, like they say, this is what I should, this is the expectation, right? So then we go, hmm, okay. So I could buy into that expectation. We could hustle, right? That's that Brene Brown idea of hustle for worthiness. I could try to manage myself into 
fit that small box of beauty ideal expectation, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the cost of trying to get into that bikini, that try to fit into that body ideal, to try to look a certain way because that's what's expected? Mm-hmm. So, right. for somebody who's absolutely gone through that, like, I'm going to be mm-hmm. totally open about this. Like, I think yeah. every, now that I'm a new mom, my body's changed again. Like, mm-hmm. like, what do you normally like work through with clients? Cause it stems from so much farther back stuff, right? Like, let's yes. be honest here. Totally, right? We all have our body story, we all have our food story. Many of us come from disordered eating, eating disorders, mixed messages about food and body. So when we find ourselves like, well, but I kind of want to put on my bathing suit, but my whole body has changed. And like it was pregnant and now it's not. And now the skin is different. And now my shape is different, right? Like there's a lot that has shifted Mm -hmm. is to go, okay, first of all, let's just have an honest talk. Am I going into body management? right? Because there's a part of us that goes, oh, let me do the diet. If I do the diet, then I could have that bikini body. But what is the cost, right? It's really important to look at what is the cost of going into body management. Mm -hmm. And I would say the biggest cost is disordered eating and honestly waking because the result, most, the statistics are, there's two interesting statistics. One is 95% of people who go on diets gain their weight back, if not more, in two to five years. And the other one is that most people who go on restrictive diets end up either gaining weight and having more disordered eating. That's the biggest predictor of diets, right? We can predict that people will gain weight and they will have disordered eating Mm -hmm. and then go on another diet. So the cost of trying to manage our body to create that idealized summer body is extraordinarily high, both on our physical body and our mental health. Because what happens, we go on that diet, woohoo, I'm on the diet, yippee, I'm doing awesome, it feels great, I'm in control, I have a plan, oh no, I can't keep this up. Mm-hmm. This is exhausting. Right. And I you're just also want to not like enjoying anything you're eating. Like, no, yeah. no. Right. A lot of my clients have said, oh my God, I've eaten cardboard for years. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I'm like, I don't want to eat this way. Everybody's enjoying themselves. They're having ice cream or they're having just real food on the beach. Right. Like, and then I can't do it. So now I'm eating regular food and now I feel bad about myself. Right. So then we're in failure mm-hmm. and we're in shame. And that is not good for us. Just really rough on our mental health to feel so bad about ourselves all the time. For sure. So when we're walking into these this these summer months and looking at the summer body issue is to go, wait a second, how do I want to play this? Right? Because the default is let's go body management. So let's, if you're gonna do that, great, go wa- eyes wide open. You get to do whatever you want, right? You're a human being, free will. You want to go on a diet? You want to go restrictive eating? Fine. Eyes wide open. Eyes wide open. I cannot tell you amount of diets I did like, oh my God, I did it. I'm going to stay this way forever. This is it. I will never go back. (laughs) 
just not the truth. Right. Right. So if you're going to walk down that path of body management, just not be clear, very clear of where that ends. For sure. Right. Well, it's not sustainable because you long term and you're not getting all the right nutrients. Like it's very short term live, right? Like it is it exactly not sustainable. And that's also a really, 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 really important thing to remember when people start posting their before and afters. I'm getting ready for my summer body. Look how I was in the winter. And now look at where I'm at. What you're seeing is a moment in time. You're seeing some a snapshot of somebody in the weight cycling process. For sure. Good point. Right? So if you're saying, no, you know, I, it's not that I want to go on a diet, but I really want to feel healthy and vibrant. Great. Let's move towards healthy and vibrant. Let's skip the diet part and let's go for the goals that you want. I want to feel confident in my body. Fantastic. Let's go for you feeling confident in your body. Let's skip the restriction and dieting and move towards what you actually want. You want to feel like you can walk onto that beach and feel at home. Mm-hmm. And just be there with your friends, with your kids, you know, on a boat and the water, however it is for you. Right. You want to feel like you can enjoy. And that's a goal worth going for. I want to feel like I can really relax in my own skin. I think, I mean, I, another topic I just kept thinking about is like judgment is so strong in, in the body world, like from media, from like you were saying earlier, like, I think that's one thing as women, I think a lot of men also do deal with this. They just don't Mm -hmm. talk about it as much, you know, but like you go to the beach and you're looking around you're like, oh my God, all these people have perfect bodies. Like what is, what, what am I being judged? Like what, what am I looked at? Like, right. Like. So I've absolutely been there, which is why I want to talk about it. Cause it's so, I feel like people are not alone in that at all, you know? Yeah. So there's a couple of things to really explore in the dynamic that you're talking about. One is the perceived experience of I'm going to be judged, mm-hmm. right? The other is the compare and despair. You're judging yourself. I'm comparing myself to somebody else's body. And then I'm feeling bad because I don't look like them, right? Right. So it's important to pull it apart. And the reason it's important to pull it apart is it's always important for us to name the dynamic that's happening. Oh, I'm assuming that they're judging me because then we can reality check. Are they, or are they just obsessed with their own body or they just don't care one whit about it? Right. So name it and then reality check. Right. So, okay. Are they really judging me? Maybe they are. Maybe they're just judgy people. Okay. But do I really care? Right. So keep unraveling, right? That's why you say, okay, what am I worried about here? Instead of, I can't go to the beach because, because what will people think? Well, wait a second. Is it what people will say? Is it what people will think? And how, what's your relationship with that? Is there somebody specific that you're worried about impressing? Or is it actually, I know nobody else cares, but I'm comparing myself. This is my own internal comparison and judgment. Well, then we need to start working on your own internalized judgment and harshness with yourself, right? So, and what it comes down to also something underneath here that's so important, it's how we experience being in our body, right? That's called embodiment. How are we in our body? And there's two kinds. Um, And this concept comes out of a psychologist in Canada, Neva run. I hope I'm getting her name right. And um, she talks about subjective 
embodiment and objective embodiment. So this idea of what does someone else think of me? What does, what do I think someone else thinks of me, right? That's an external perspective on your body, right? So you're not actually feeling your body. You're not actually in your body. You're just imagining what someone else is seeing. That's an objective embodiment. It's not actually in your body. Subjective embodiment is I'm at the beach and somebody can have whatever their perception is of my body, or I can even imagine what their perception of, of, of my body is. But my subjective, my internal, my experience is I'm having fun. I'm moving. I feel the sun. I feel you know, little kids running all over me and scampering and I'm running after somebody, right? That is an embodied, a truly subjective embodied experience. That's ours. We get to own that. Nobody can take away your internal experience. So important to start to pull it apart and going, wait a second, am I having an actual experience of being in my body or am I having somebody else's experience of what I think being in my body is? Right. I love that analogy. Like, I feel like everything that you said along, cause like now when I go to the beach, like I'll think about like, oh my God, like the ocean's so beautiful. And like, I'm just going to enjoy myself here. Like nobody else matters. I think that's what more people need to go in. Like, I love that thought process. Like, I feel like that's more people need that mindset. Yes. Right. Nobody else matters. This is my body, my experience. We have fought, right, as feminists for decades. This is my body, my body. I get to have my experience, my lived experience, my embodied experience. When we go to the beach worrying about what everybody else thinks about our body, we just gave away our power. We just gave away our own good time, our own fun summer beach experience. Such a great point. Like giving them the power. It's it's so true. Like why yeah. can't you just like enjoy yourself? Like why does it have to be judged? Like nobody's nobody right. can, that's another thing too. Like we put a lot of eternal internal thoughts in our heads, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like it's so true. I love that. Nina. Yeah. That was like really inspiring. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. And it is, we imagine that everybody's a, is judging. And sometimes they are, right? Literally. <laughs> I used to go home. My dad would greet me at the t- at the house. Oh, hi, honey. It's so nice. I'm so glad you're home. Oh, you gained weight. Right? Like right out the gate, there was judgment. He was completely loving me, but there was judgment. That's he was going to judge, right? So people will judge, right. but really, really, does that matter so much? Right. Because are you trying to please everybody else and their perception? Or are you trying to please yourself and have your own experience of life? We can't go around trying to make everybody happy and try to be a certain shape and a certain hair color and height and all the things so that we are approved of by who? Mm -hmm. Who exactly? It's so true. I think it's like to feel wanted. Like everybody wants to feel wanted, right? Mm. And I think like that's a big piece of that. Yeah, you're speaking right into, yes, but you're speaking right into a really great point, which is belonging. Mm -hmm. I want to belong. I want to feel like I'm one of, right? 
I want to feel, I've heard it from so many women, right? I walked into the room, am I the biggest person in the room? If I'm the biggest person in the room, do I belong? Am I the, you know, smallest person? And this gets into social currency with women, right? Am I the smallest person? Do I have more social currency? Am I a bigger person? Do I have less social currency? Because our culture is riddled with fat phobia, right? It is. And so it starts to be a currency of who has more power in the space. It's so true. But really, that's just a lot of BS. No, it's so true. I also love too, because we had chatted about this prior, but like all these plus size influencers now that are coming out looking amazing in bathing suits and just owning their size. Mm. Like it's so empowering, like to see more and more women now coming out and doing things like that, you know? It is so important, right? This is when representation matters. When we see other women owning themselves, owning their own brand of beauty, it expands the definition of beauty. Right now in our culture, the definition of beauty is very small. It really is. Right? When I grew up, the definition of beauty was tall, blonde, and thin. That was the beginning, middle, and end. I was never tall. I was never blonde. I was never thin. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So then what? I don't get any beauty, right? Well, that's not true. I have my own brand of beauty, right? I was dark. I was short. I was curvy. Like, that's my brand of beauty, mm-hmm. right? So when we see women of all sizes saying, yes, this is my brand of beauty, then it starts to widen the lens and let us see beauty in all the ways that it shows up, mm-hmm. right? We get to have diversity in beauty, For sure. which is so important. It really and is. when there's diversity, we get to belong. Mm-hmm. So true. Because I even remember too, like all of these fashion shows and runways, they're all zero in size too. Like that's not the average woman. <laughs> like I'm going to see this woman and be like, they look great, but like, I can't fit in that. Like that's so unrealistic. Like show me a real woman walking the runway, you know, like that's what I want. <laughs> yes. So I'm noticing yes. companies now and brands are starting to do more of that, which I think has been really good. It is. Your point, right. Even. You know? I was shopping for something and they said, what size person would you like to see this on? And I was able to click the size and there was a model in my size, right? And I was like, well, now we're talking. For sure. Instead of me sort of going like, and what would that look like on a really curvy body? (laughs) Right? Like, no. So to start, we are as a culture starting to expand this idea of beauty, which is very, very powerful. And now, and this is what I often hear from women go, yes, I'm all for diversity of beauty. I'm all for diversity of size, but not for me, right? I, my friends can be of all sizes. I don't judge, but not me. I'm like, yes, and you, Mm -hmm. and you too. You're allowed to embrace your brand of beauty and step into your body and experience it from a place of, yeah. Right. So And enjoy being in it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring this up too, because for people who don't know you, I love your body poems. I feel like they're so inspiring. They get reshared like by lots and lots of people. Like where did that even stem from? 
first of all. Um, And also I want people to be able to find them. So talk about that a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, my kids are slam poets. So when they were teenagers, they both started writing slam. They both started writing poetry and then started performing in, in the slam world. And they were actually on a team together and competed at the state level. Like, Fun fact, they, by the way, I like, did not know that. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally cool. So my uh, daughter at the time, this was a while ago, she was turning 16. And I was like, I gotta give her something for her birthday. And I was like, oh, it was the height of like, they were like poetry slams all the time. I was like, I guess I gotta write her a poem. I guess that's just what I'm going to have to do. And I was like, okay, I don't really see myself as a poet, but here we go. So I wrote her this poem and she was like, mom, that's good. (laughs) And then I started being like, oh, this is a very cool way to express myself because I don't have to explain. I can just speak from my passion. I can speak from my heart. I don't have to get all the little prepositions and everything right You know, I don't have to put context around the whole thing. I can just speak to what is true and relevant to me and to the women that I work with. Mm -hmm. And so I started writing about my body story, about the stories that I hear from other women about their relationships with their body and body poems are born. I love it. Like the topics are so relatable, all the words, like. Just love them, Nina. They're so inspiring. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. So glad. So um, before we close out, play quick game time, I would love for you to share about your journals that you just recently launched, your freebie. Yes. So practicing body peace. It is a really fantastic journal because there are 20 questions in there that really dive into what is your relationship with your body? Because that's what we that's exactly what we've been talking about is what is the relationship you're having with your body, right? Where's the judgment? What are the expectations? And so in the practicing body peace journal, there's 20 questions to kind of get in there and get juicy with yourself and be an inquiry. Plus, they're backed up with five of my body poems to inspire you, to, to give you some prompts, to, to get the conversation started with you and your body. I love it. I highly recommend it. it. I'll put it in the blog, but they can access it on your website, right? Yep. You can go to Body Peace with Nina or ninamanelson.com. All goes to the same place. And right there on the homepage, you'll see Practicing Body Peace Journal. I cannot recommend it enough because it lets you start the conversation with your body. And that's a very powerful way to start having your own internal subjective experience of your own body. Mm-hmm. I love it. Everyone definitely needs to sign up, especially because it's a freebie and that's very rare and valuable. So definitely get on that. I will definitely share it in the blog too. So everybody can find it. All right, Nina, let's thank you so much for sharing all this knowledge today. Let's play a quick little game time and um, some fun facts about you. So um, your daughter is yes. in the army. <laughs> Which I think is people who don't know, you know, like if you're okay with me sharing that, I think it's so inspiring. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's actually in the Israeli army. So cool. Wild. Yeah. Every single day. So so inspiring. Like such a nice story. You guys are reuniting hopefully sooner than later. (laughs) That's very exciting. I love that. Yeah. Um, So you were also, you were a therapist before you got into this, right? 
Yeah, I yeah. was. I have a master's in counseling psychology, and I was a therapist, and uh, and and I was a body worker before that, which is how I really got into women's relationship with their body. And I love it because it's like the mind. You were working with the mind and the physical, which was so interesting. Yeah. So combine yeah. both and start your own business. I like it. I like it very much. <laughs> um, what's the third fact? Fun fact you can share with us. Third fun fact. Um, I love cold water swimming. <gasps> That's with right. A wetsuit on. <laughs> I love that fact. Yeah, I have a wetsuit and now I have this new thing. Uh, oh, it's called a slip in. It's like basically like a 1980s cat suit that I put on so that I can get my wetsuit on easier because putting, I used to always like before the slip in, I would say it's like a three part workout, working out in wetsuit, getting the wetsuit on, then you swim. That's the fun part. Then getting the wetsuit off. So anyway, that it delights me greatly to swim. And you swim um, like, the, wait, so just elaborate like all throughout the year, pretty much. Right. Except in the freezing, freezing Yes. So yeah. pretty much end of April to sort of mid November until when I just like my, you know, nose starts to feel like it's about to freeze. For sure. That's really, impressive. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a really fun fact, by the way. Thank you. It's super fun. Yeah. All right. So quick little game time, quick three questions. Yes. So what is Nina's favorite food these days? Oh, my favorite food of all time. Fresh figs. Always huh. fresh figs. Mm-hmm. Whenever where I did get this some, session come from? I had them when I was a kid and then I went to Greece when I was like a teenager, you know, one of those backpacky trips For sure. and I learned one phrase in Greek and please anybody who speaks Greek, you can, you can correct me, but this is what I remember. Half a kilo of figs, please. And I lived on that trip on fresh figs and completely never stopped like loving them. Oh my God. I love that. That's hilarious. What a fun fact about Greece too. That's fun. All right. Where's your favorite place you've ever traveled to thus far? And what's a bucket list place you want to go to? You've never been. All right. One of my all time favorite cities is Tel Aviv because you got the beach so I can swim and then you've got great restaurants so I can eat. Two of my favorite things to do. And it's just so interesting. And there's so much history and interesting architecture it's such a lively, fun, like cosmopolitan, just the grooviest of cities. Um, bucket list. I've never been to Portugal. I would love to go to Portugal. Um, partly it's on my bucket list currently because my husband speaks uh, Portuguese. So I'm no like, way. let's go there and you can get us around. So, so cool. I love that. Yeah. That's definitely a place on my bucket list too. And Tel Aviv for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta go to my my Jew roots, you know, (laughs) some point. I love that. Okay. Last question. If you could spend a day with somebody you've never met dead or alive, who would you choose and why? Well, right now, honestly, who I'd like to hang out with is Neva Karan, who talks about embodiment, because I just feel like her research and her work is really relevant to women. Um, and she works with young women. She works, you know, she's just in the research end of unpacking this. And I just feel like she's been talking about things that I'm very interested in. And it's somebody I could, you know, conceivably meet with one day. So, sure. you know, it's me geeking out on my work, which I, I adore. I love that. Yeah. That's so special. Well, Nina, this has been amazing today. Thank you so much for coming on as always. Thank you, Jackie. What a delight. You are just a powerhouse of an amazing human. Thank you. You too. Can you please share with everybody how we can follow you on social media? If you go to Nina Manelson 
pretty much anywhere you will find me. Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. <laughs> yep, pretty much. If you look up Nina Mandelson, I'll be there. Perfect. Yes, everybody, please yep. follow Nina Mandelson on all social media channels. Thank you so much for tuning in to Becoming Next on Scene. And stay tuned for who's next on Scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.